the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. Courtney, Chloe. Welcome one and all to this ongoing radio experiment. You know, as with all experiments, success is not a given. Failure is a real companion of this show as, you know, we're a multiple result production. Yeah, so sure some weeks we hit it out of the park, but others, you know, we do totally suck. And pretty much like the lives of most humans on Earth, unless your name is Tom Brady. Tom Brady loves me. Or Beyonce. So what I'm saying here is I am well equipped to deal with the reality of, of not achieving complete success each and every day. And so it was suggested by our executive producer, Lori Madsen, that we share a sample of the feedback we receive, you know, when, when we fall short of expectations. The truth is, I, I think she feels that airing our dirty laundry, you know, on the air is going to motivate me to up my game, but I have no problem, you know, being publicly humiliated by reading hate mail from our listeners. It's not like some dude who despises me is going to call me something that I haven't already been tagged with since elementary school. All right, before we, you know, get at it, though, I, I, I got to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a quick chortle, if you would. <laughs> Oh, I feel pretty good about that one. What did you think? Well, it wasn't bad. Hey. But let's just go with it as we have a lot of stuff, you know, crammed into this episode. Fine. Now I need to acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Thank me for acknowledging you, and let's move on. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, thank you for that extremely brief acknowledgement, Spud. Well, uh, but, but so, okay, listen, are, are you really going to do this? I, I know it was strongly suggested by our executive producer that we air the negative feedback from our listeners, but are, yeah. are you really prepared for this? I am, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I know you say you are, but you have not read most of these emails. And I'm betting some of them are quite vicious. And I'm concerned for your overall mental health. You know, a man can only handle so much criticism. Everything bad that can happen to a person has happened to me. Yeah, you've only been with me a few years now. I have decades of experience with this type of thing, so oh. bring it on. I know your father would continually criticize you in your younger years, Spud, and I felt it did take a toll, at least with your bedwetting, which, if I'm not mistaken, continues to this day. Uh, and Dorothy, I don't wet the bed nowadays. You oh? know, maybe when you know I'm just too tired to get up for the tenth or eleventh time some night. Yeah, and you know I might have to change the sheets in the morning. But it's worth you know the trade out is I get an extra hour or so of sleep, even if it is a little damp. Oh uh, well, that is good to hear. I had heard from a couple of your ex-wives that it was not an endearing quality for them. Yeah. So if you have it under control, it can only be a plus the next time you get hitched. Can you keep a secret? 
it, you know, Spud, wetting the bed is nothing to be ashamed of. As I've mentioned on the show previously, our oldest, Gerald Jr., still has occasional incidents with this. Yeah, I've, I, you've told me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when he has sleepovers, it can be a bit awkward for his guests sleeping on the lower bunk. But, you know, mostly it's had very little impact on his social life. Hey, can we just change the subject, please? Hey, now, yeah. hand me the first email I'm supposed to read. Oh. Has has anyone gone over these before I read them out loud on the air? I, I asked to see them, but no one knew where they were. Uh, Yeah, I think, I believe Chance, the intern, has had them since the staff meeting earlier this week. Uh, he was supposed to give them to you, but I guess not. Huh? No. Yeah, Chance. Chance, could you please hand over the printed emails that you were given there? Yeah, I think this is them. There might be a few pages of my sci-fi short stories in that stack too. Oh. They got mixed up in my backpack. You can read my stuff on the air if you, too, if you want. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Uh, I just give me the emails. Uh, give the world a break and keep your Elron Hubbard wannabe to yourself, okay? Here. Why don't I take them and maybe we can start with uh, we can start with some not so mean ones here. Uh, thank you, Chance. Yeah, you can go back to your chair and resume playing video games on your phone now. Yes. Actually, I'm watching a movie on Netflix, but okay. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Spud, why, why don't you lead off with this one? It's short and it looks not so demeaning here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, dear Spud Goodman, you may be a dick, but sometimes you're kind of funny. Uh, listen, man, my roommate hates your guts, and when I have your show on on our apartment, he puts on his sound-deafening headphones that he wears at work. Um, could you send me an autographed photo of your Aunt Dorothy? Really? Um, hey, she's uh, the best part of your wow. show, and you should really shut up and let her talk more. Really? Sincerely, Kevin Sharpton, I believe, from Tampa, Florida. Okay. They were on the mix down there. In See? Tampa. Yeah, I know. That wasn't so bad, was it? Well, Aunt Dorothy, we're going to have to take like a promo picture of you because we don't yeah. have anything that I know of. And, and then I guess you can autograph the damn thing. You know, no one's asked me for one of mine, my photos in years. Send Fredo off to do this. Send Fredo off to do that. I have so many of them in my apartment just sitting there in a box. Oh, I suppose I could sit down for a photo shoot, but... Would I have final approval on the actual print? Yeah, I guess. Anyway, we can talk about that later okay. after the show. And if this Kevin guy's listening, dude, you'll get your freaking autographed photo of my aunt. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. All right, well, right now I need to introduce our musical guest. Yep. And I'm going to be speaking with them a little later on in the program. Here is Christy McWilson. Oh, 
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. My name is Craig Ferguson, and I am on Spud's show. Uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, Dr. Deepak Chopra, is waiting to speak with you. You know, it gets old hearing people say, Hey, Spud, do you only interview movie stars and celebrities? So I asked, you know, if Dr. Chopra was available. You know, people saying I'm this shallow, low IQ person, well. you know, living in a Hollywood bubble, it hurts. I mean, my IQ is not that low, it's almost average. People can't figure me out, they can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. Well, I've always been amazed how far you've gone in TV, Spud, and now radio with that IQ of yours. You know, when you when you think about it, actually, I'm kind of an inspirational story for, you know, those with low IQs. Uh, you know, if you think about it, but anyway. Hmm. Oh, you know, many years ago, getting back to Dr. Chopra, a friend of mine gave me his book, Quantum Healing. You know, I liked it, but but it was on tape. So I guess my question to you guys is, is it lame to tell him that I didn't actually read it, but I listened to him? Yeah, yeah it well, is. You know what? If I was an author, I would consider listening instead of reading like, like a half effort and not exactly, you know, a commitment to my work. It's not that easy. I might bring it up, but it'll depend on if I'm already annoying him too much. Just, just put him through. Yeah, very well. Here he is. All right, please welcome author, alternative health advocate, and all-around really smart man, Dr. Deepak Chopra. Thanks for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I don't know about the smart, that's okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm saying you're smart. So anyway, now you're going to be appearing in Tacoma on the 12th at the Pantages Theater at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are still available online. Uh, your presentation is titled The Future of Well-Being. I would count myself in the group of people who are interested in well-being because, I mean, it beats the heck out of not being well, you know, being sick's a drag. So your, piece, mm -hmm. your basic premise is that the mind controls many aspects of our health. Is that correct? Yes, but it's more than that. You know, well-being depends on uh, quality of sleep, stress management, and all its modalities. Healthy emotions like love, compassion, joy, equanimity, peace of mind. Uh, nutrition, uh, being in touch with nature, and ultimately spiritual well-being as well. Uh, tackling the big issues of what it, does it mean uh, to be a human being. Does God exist? What is the meaning of death? How do we overcome the fear of death? Now that uh, we can measure what's happening in the brain and gene expression, we also know that only 5% of disease-related gene mutations are fully penetrant. 95% of all chronic illness is related to low-grade inflammation and dependent on our lifestyle. Wow. So, uh, okay. Um, well, you know, I read your book, Quantum Healing, many years ago. Uh, okay, it was on tape. And yes. I, listened, I listened to it. Okay, it was on tape. But I have to say, one thing has stuck with me since, and I wanted to run this by you, it, as it kind of continues to freak me out, if, if, as you say, thoughts can become reality in terms of our health, every, every time I think about getting the flu when someone else sneezes or maybe having a heart attack when parking is really bad and I have to walk a long ways, well, part of me thinks I maybe could have planted that energy source in my mind. It's actually going to happen. Am I wrong to think this? Yeah, you're partially wrong, but uh, to some extent you're right. It's good to have healthy emotions, but if you make a mood of positive thoughts, then mm -hmm. you can get stressed just by 
trying to do that. It's more important to have a quiet mind than a positive mind because a positive mind can be a stressful mind. Meditation allows you to go to a quiet level of experience and when the mind is quiet then the body is quiet and when the body is quiet it self-regulates itself which is the real message of quantum healing. I see. All right. Super. Well, you know, over the years you've have been closely associated with alternative medicine, but you know, you have throughout your career headed up departments at mainstream hospitals and medical facilities too. I was just curious about this. Well, what's your take on big pharma's role in the current opioid crisis that's tearing up this country? Well, unfortunately, um, the number one cause of drug addiction is no more street drugs, but medical prescriptions prescribed by doctors thanks to the pharmaceutical industry pushing it. And now that we're becoming aware of this, I hope we can solve it. There's a recent study that shows that opioids actually are no more effective in uh, relieving pain than Tylenol. And yet they have this huge addictive potential, which is killing thousands of people. Right. Yeah, obviously somebody's making billions of dollars on this, and I, and I, yeah, that's a whole different mm-hmm. story to get into. But anyway, I know you're, you've, you've uh, spoken extensively about that, and uh, yeah, I, I've, I've read some of your articles. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Dr. Chopra, on this show, we're discussing how to say let let's call it process negative feedback from others, like how difficult it is to hear someone write or say not nice things about you. Now, you personally have taken some criticism over the years, especially from the mainstream medical community. How do you deal with it? Because maybe I could pick up some pointers. Well, if you don't take it personally and you're not offended, then um, criticism can be a good source of feedback. You have to ask yourself, um, am I um, actually open to other opinions, other perspectives. And if you're not uh, personally offended, then you can learn a lot from criticism, as I have over the years. There are some critics, though, who are very mean-spirited. Yes. The best thing to do with them is to ignore them, and they can't stand it. Ignore them. Yeah, ignore them. You know, but people don't go after me for my theories on quantum physics. I, I know that people have taken some shots at you there, but uh, but <laughs> from which, for me, it's more like that I get on their nerves. But anyway, all right, I'm going to remember. I'm going to write that. The down. best way to deal with your critics is to ignore them. They can't. All right. Okay. All right. Super. You know, you've written extensively about the aging process and stating that aging is a learned behavior and can be slowed, prevented, or possibly even reversed. If so. I would really like to rewind myself back to when I was 37. That was a really fun year. 39, not so much, you know, divorce and other stuff. But is this possible? To some extent, yes. The biological markers of aging, including blood pressure, bone density, skin thickness, number of wrinkles, uh, blood sugar, range of hormones, fat content, cholesterol, HDL ratios, they're influenced by many things. Our perception of aging, our perception of the body, our expectations, the meaning aging has for us, how we experience everyday reality, but also mind-body coordination, things like yoga, breathing exercises, movement, exercise in general, healthy emotions, uh, not being um, stressed is very important, to be in the moment, uh, to be in what people call flow, no anticipation, no regrets, just this moment as it is, living in the present moment. Also, 
being curious and also always um, focusing on the wonder of our existence and being grateful. All these um, measures can slow and even reverse many of the biological markers of aging. So aging is what we call normal aging, maybe the pathology of the average. There's chronological age when you were born. There's biological age as measured by the biomarkers. Psychological age, and psychological age corresponds more with biological age than chronological age. Oh, super! All right, uh, Spud. Yeah. Well, I don't know if reversing one's physical age is possible. I mean, if God wanted us all to look like Brad Pitt or George Clooney in our seventies, He would have never allowed cigarettes or tanning beds to be invented. Looking older is a natural part of life. Uh. Dr. Chopra, just a sec. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know about that. God allowed toupees and just for men to be invented. Yeah. If he wanted all older dudes to be bald or totally gray, he wouldn't have given the go-ahead. Oh, bald or gray is sexy as hell. And why would God get involved with this topic? I say just leave it the hell alone. Yes, but I certainly hope you will not reverse your physiological age any further back than it is right now. You know, the listeners can maybe handle who, you know, your rather teenage perspective on the world is now, but who would tune in to listen to a host with a toddler's point of view? Well, mark my words, the youth will rule the world, and I have a decent shot at not being euthanized when they totally take over. Hmm. You, on the other hand, will be the first to be put down. Your psychological age alone is like 140. Now let me get back to Dr. Chopra. All right, I have returned. That's good. Um, well, this is my last question because I know you you have meetings to take and people to see and all that stuff. So let me hit you with this. Um, it's about artificial intelligence. Should we all be very afraid of what's coming with this technological revolution? Will our own intelligence and consciousness be enough for us to survive? Because I've seen RoboCop a few times. And I'm not crazy about robots taking over our lives. Are you concerned? To some extent, the fact is that artificial intelligence is unstoppable. We are using artificial intelligence right now to study gene expression and also the microbiome, which is 99% of the genetic information in our body, which is bacteria. And with this knowledge, we can tell people the exact diet that will reduce inflammation in their body and help them. Uh, deal with chronic illness. So artificial intelligence has a lot of future if we use it wisely. Uh, you know, technology is neutral. It's up to us how we use it. So I don't think artificial intelligence will ever be subjectively conscious. I don't expect a machine to fall in love or to get frustrated or to have uh, doubt or hope or all those things. Artificial intelligence simply complex mathematical algorithms that do calculations much faster than we can do. And so I feel um, artificial intelligence is not only unstoppable, but we should make the best use of it. All right. I, I guess I feel a little bit better. All right. Well, let me let me say again that mm -hmm. you're going to be appearing at the Pandagis Theater in Tacoma on the 12th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are still available. I want to thank you very much for spending some time with us because I sort of feel smarter right now. That, that, that's a good feeling. So. Oh, you're very kind. I'm looking forward to being in Tacoma. Super. There you have it. Dr. Deepak Chopra.
The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We're the Black Tones. We are the Black Tones. I'm Eva. And I'm Cedric. Cedric, who's playing bass? His name is Robbie. Robbie. Robbie's playing bass. This is a Spud Goodman show. Spud Goodman, I'm deleting you off my Facebook. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. We share the same Facebook. I guess that means I'm deleting Spud, too. <laughs> it is what it is, man. The Spud Goodman show. Spud. Spud. Goodman. Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yes. I'm being told uh, the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is yeah, holding to speak yeah, look, with put you. Put him through. I need him. For, I, I got to ask him for a favor here. Oh, Do you want me to do his plug? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Ted Marr's Out of This World can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Say hello to the Spud Goodman Show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Th- thanks a bunch for calling into the show. As I'm in need of some immediate psychic assistance. Oh, hey, Spud, anytime I can help you, I'd, I'd love to help you find, you find anything you like. <laughs> Super. So, sometime before the show, I seem to have lost my cell phone, which, which is a code red situation for me. The ringer and vibrate was turned off. You know, it's not like I want my phone all day and night like, like Chance the Intern over there, but I, I do really need it for job-related issues. Can you use your psychic powers and help me find it? Uh, let me meditate for a moment. Okay. Uh, I'm reading the mind of the cell phone now. Oh, you know what happened? <laughs> it wants to take a break. It wants to take a little vacation. When's the last time you gave your cell phone a little little break? Maybe the weekend off? Uh, never. Of course, I mean, it's with me 24-7. Why? That's what a phone's for. <laughs> but, you know... Well, uh, phones, go ahead. Ph- phones have feelings, too. Huh? And, yeah. um, and And what you should do is meditate with your phone. And, you know, take it out in nature sometime and just let it, give it a break. Give it a vacation. Uh, maybe take it to Hawaii with you. Put it on the beach and let it just kind of relax. Oh. And oh. Um, it would, I, I, honestly, I'm telling you straight, it would really help um, help your film a lot. Well, I, but I, I haven't checked my likes on Facebook on it for over 45 minutes. My hands are starting to shake a little, not, not, not much, but I soon may lose control of my urinary functions. So you're saying I have to just give it a break, huh? Spud, yeah. How many times have I told you to put your phone down and stop looking to see if you have new likes on Facebook and Instagram? It's not healthy. You are obsessed with this. I- I'm very worried about your mental state. Uh, hey, Ted, just a sec. Okay. What's wrong with craving the love of others? Many people have accused me of being walled off emotionally, not caring about someone besides myself. This is not caring about others. Your focus is on the affirmation of people, whether they like you and what you post. What do you do in return to those who take the time to support your posts? Well, I sometimes, you know, occasionally like their stuff too. If it isn't too sappy, you know, like kittens getting a bath or or a plate of food at a restaurant. But I think you should consider what Ted is advising here. Put your phone away, and I bet it'll be like chicken soup for your soul. My soul does not have the flu, okay? Just keep your eyes out for my phone. I gotta get back to Ted. Well, you know, I... 
I did try the old retrace your steps deal with no success. And I know it's somewhere in the studio, but where's the burning question? Do you have to deal with friends and relatives bothering you to like help them find a missing remote or even a kid or something? I have I had a friend call me up from Hawaii a couple nights ago and she'd lost her purse, her passport and everything else. And I helped her, uh, helped her find it. But one of the best ways you can help find your stuff is to call on the patron saint of lost items, St. Anthony. Oh. And um, he's a wonderful saint. You just meditate, ask St. Anthony to help you find your missing article, and he'll help you. But you always have to thank him for, for, his, for his help after you ask. Huh. And he's always come through for me, too. That's good to know. You know, before yeah. you try to find it for me, because I was going to ask you to do that, mm -hmm. obviously, um, something just occurred to me. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, I think I might have one of those insurance policies that covers lost phones. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I forgot if I if I signed up for it or not. Because if I did, please don't find it. As mine's like a, a piece of crap Samsung 4, and it's kind of embarrassing to pull out, you know, around the millennials on the show, i.e. the interns. Is, you know, they have all the latest, most fancy phones that cost as much as a decent used car. Ted, do you hang out with millennials much and, and envy their phones too? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I want to tell you it's a win-win situation for both you and your cell phone if you don't find it immediately because the cell phone wants a break. And I do know where it is. And you do? If you, promise you know where it's it, at? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He told me I read its mind. And um, if, if you promise to give it a break this weekend, I can tell you where it is. Otherwise, I'm under a sworn code of secrecy. I can't tell you where it is. Well, maybe I should check my paperwork first to see if I can turn this tragedy into getting a new one of those, mm -hmm. you know, the, mm -hmm. like a really cool phone. Uh, may, yeah, before you tell me where it's at, let me, uh, how about this? I'll, I'll call you after the show and then I, I'll check the paperwork. And then if I don't have insurance, I'm going to ask you to tell me where it's at. I'll drive back to the studio and, and I'll get it, okay? Okay, that's fine. All totally right. fine. Super. Well, thank you so much for calling in. This has been a very uh, beneficial uh, phone call, at least for me. I don't know about the listeners. So there you have it. This Mr. Ted Marr, our show's resident psychic. Thank you so much, Spud. Bouncing the passengers, if you travel to Gloucester Road Station, change here, take a district line train. Pickley line trains are not stopping at Gloucester Road Station until mid-December. The next station this train will be stopping at is South Kensington. Next stop for this train is the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, would you like another email from a listener? Because there uh, are a bunch yeah. in this stack that uh, Chance gave me. Uh, now, do you want one that is somewhat critical or kind of critical or just flat-out hate mail? Oh, boy. S surprise me. Just just pick one randomly. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take whatever you give me. I say pass on the total hate mail as you're rather thin-skinned, Spud. Remember how you felt when your first ex-wife took out that billboard saying you were a horrible lover? So why pause to take a pill? I know she was furious, but you didn't take that well. Yeah, that billboard was like two blocks from my apartment. <laughs> I saw it every yeah. freaking day. I, I know she was torqued off at me for taking all of our, you know... Ramones albums. I, I just did it. I, I couldn't help myself. You know, when I moved out, but it was still a cheap shot. I may not be that skilled romantically, but I'm not horrible. Look, alternative facts are not facts. All right. How about I pick one that is just somewhat critical? I, I found this one, and it's from a guy who lives, I, I believe, in El Paso, Texas. His name is Robert Harris. Here. <sighs> okay. Here it goes. Uh, Spud Goodman, why do you rip? 
on our president so much. He is trying to straighten out this country after eight years of a non-citizen who tried to ruin America. Oh, no. I think maybe you're a paid servant of George Soros. Hmm. Try to say something positive about President Trump and you just might see your ratings go up. What the hell do you have to lose? You know, if I may interject here, Spud, Robert from El Paso has a point. You know, I myself have made this point on many occasions. Making jokes jokes about our commander-in-chief is not going to help this show. The majority of Americans deeply love him, and it's high time you got on the Trump train. <laughs> uh, uh, first to you, Robert Harris of El Paso, I guess the guy who wrote this. Yeah. Um, I, I mostly criticize Trump for being both an egomaniacal wannabe dictator and, you know, a truly, truly horrible human being. I have a winning temperament. I know how to win. But And I do... I kind of try to stay away from policy, though, as, as it's so 1860-ish. I, I'm just guessing here, but I'm pretty sure you and, and most of those offended you know, by cracks about Trump just spent eight years taking shots at Obama daily, so what goes around comes around, man. I mean, I had to take it every time I tuned into Fox News. And I, I still do, because I, I watch that channel all day long. I don't know why. My, my therapist is working with me on that one. Okay, I can understand why Trump supporters are sensitive to the many jokes directed at the president by those in the media. But most of the material, well, yeah, you realize most of the material comes from his own mouth or his Twitter account. Listeners can't hold you responsible for just repeating his words, dear. They are funny, you know. We all know that. You can laugh at me all you want. Oh, well. Yeah, give me another one because that, that one was way too easy. Oh, oh, uh, very well. I did not scan this one, but okay, okay here you go. Okay, um, to the Spud Goodman show. Though my wife doesn't care for uh, Spud, I do listen to the show from time to time. Uh, if you're listening now, guy, whoever you are, uh, <laughs> um, thanks, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, why uh, do you seem to be so mean to your co-host, Gerald? He is the best part of the show. Oh. Very witty and has great timing. I uh, Let's see. I feel the reason you treat him like <laughs> is because you're scared he might upstage you as... Let's see. If he was given a larger role in the show, <laughs> it's pretty obvious you're not as talented as him and very insecure. Uh, sincerely, Oliver Carsington, Seattle, I guess. Seattle, yeah. Hey, uh, Oliver, I, I take my thank you back, all right? all right? Oh, boy, that sounds like a relative's email to yeah. me. Oh, uh-huh. <clears throat> no, no, I, I am not a direct relative of Mr. Carsington, and I will stand behind that statement. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Well, if you ever do see Mr. Carsington, let him know that uh, we will have to uh, agree to disagree on his assessment of your underutilized talents now why don't you like utilize your one confirm remedial skill and check and see if our next guest is holding on the line? Uh, yes, and I am being told your next guest, Dietrich Bader, is holding on the line okay. for you. You know, the last time he was on, I really enjoyed our conversation. Very cool guy. I mean, he was in maybe the number four best American movie of all time, Office Space. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay. That was a great movie, and yep. I like his current show on ABC, too, American Housewife. It's pretty funny. Uh, you know, I have yet to see it, but I've heard good things about it. Don't you think you could have made an effort, you know, to see at least one episode of his show before he comes on? Well, that, that's the least you can do. Dude, you're just another co-host phoning it in and collecting a paycheck. 
but I don't get the opportunity to interact with the guests. So why do I need to watch, listen, and read the work of people on the show? What's your name, scumbag? Oh, boy, you really are a waste of human flesh. Wow. Well stated, Aunt Dorothy. Uh, just, just put Dietrich through, please. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor Diedrich Bader. Hey, thanks for calling into our program. Yeah, really, really delighted to talk to the Seattle area. Yeah. Okay, your show, American Housewife, is back for season two. It airs each Wednesday at 9.30 p.m., 8.30 Central on ABC. You star alongside Katie Mixon, who, for the record, I still have a thing for, for her work on Eastbound and Down. She was a total badass and now brings a bit of attitude to your show, too, right? Oh, more than a little bit. Yeah, I think she is, she, she carries that badass everywhere she goes. Uh, Katie Mixon is a real force of nature and a lovely person. Just really great to work with and very sweet. But yeah, a very strong person. Yeah. Well, you know, Dieter, you play a, a college professor on this show. Did you do a ride-along with a real college prof or at least a TA to prepare for the role? Well, you know, um, I come from a family of academics. I'm the only kid in my uh, household without a PhD. So oh. I was brought up in the, yeah, my dad was a college professor and uh, and everybody else is um, of my even extended family. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I had done my research. So what's Thanksgiving like? At, what's the table discussion like? I mean, you're not talking MMA or, you know, or, or monster trucks or anything. What? Well, you got to bring no, a game it's like there. My wife compares it. My wife compares it to a passive aggressive, uh, uh, a high stakes game of Jeopardy. Huh. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, everybody has like a different interest and a different specialty, you know. So, uh, my sister is a medievalist. My eldest brother is a um, a linguist, and my other brother is a political scientist. My father uh, who has passed away now but he was a modern european historian and also a medievalist and my mom was a art art history wow um so yeah all over the map Dude, it sounds like you might have to cram for the thanksgiving dinner but anyway all right <laughs> all right well let's see let's, let me let me hit you with this the last time you were on i had to ask at least one office space question and and i have another sure. one now it's kind of a follow-up you know when, when the cast attended the rap party for that movie did mike judge or anyone say out loud i mean just just Say it out loud that it would someday be an all-time comedy classic. Um, because, you know, you can watch that thing 20 times, and it's still fresh. It still works. Oh, I know. I, I really love that I'm in that movie. I'm deeply proud of that. But you have to remember, at the time, it was a total bomb. I mean, it was an absolute uh, bomb. I know, I know. And uh, I did not go to the um, party because uh, the the rap party, I don't think, happened. Or maybe I was shooting in Dallas. Yeah, I think I was shooting in Dallas, too. So I was shooting another movie in Dallas. Uh it ended up being a cable movie. I don't think it was very good. But uh, um, the, uh, and then at the premiere, um, I wasn't able to go because that uh, was on a Tuesday night, and that was the night that uh, Drew Carey show used to uh, shoot. Right. So I couldn't go to that. So there was no there was no speech. But I will say that ten years after, uh, when we went to the Austin Film Festival, um, and it was you know now a, a cult phenomenon at the time, uh, Mike gave a really lovely speech about. The journey of the movie and how it, you know, went from a bomb to becoming one of the biggest cult movies, and uh, and just how cool that was, and the, um, you know, to be in Austin where it was shot and where he's from, um, was kind of a, like a full journey for him. Right, you know, it, that that film gives hope to a lot of indie filmmakers that maybe uh, were rejected on the first time around when it's released, when their films are released. So it's a cool story. But anyway, all right. Um, you know, you made an appearance on Bill Nye Saves the World. Uh, he's a friend of this show. Uh, did he, did uh, did he write the part you played? Not many actors could take on the role of smallpox. 
<laughs> well, that felt like a natural fit for me. You know, I'm kind of a smallpox sort of fellow. That's sort of been my thing. I pass blankets out a lot to people. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, um, uh, I don't think Bill Nye really wrote it. I think he was more of an executive producer at that uh, stage. And um, he's a friend of mine um, and a very, very nice guy. Yes, uh, he is. But I did not see him that day. Yeah. But it was a great cast. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it looks good on the resume. I mean, how many people play smallpox? But anyway, all right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Few, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Well, another part of your career is voice acting. You've been on a ton of shows. I'll throw out a few. Scooby-Doo, BoJack Horseman, South Park, Batman the Brave and the Bold. I could go on. But this voice acting gig is pretty sweet, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's great. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can, you can show up unshaven uh, without having read the material and just wing it. Um, I prefer to read everything, but it is, it's a great um, life, too. You know, it's uh, uh, the people that work in voiceover are ridiculously talented and pleasant people to work with. And, and uh, I'm just very lucky, very blessed to be a part of that world. It's very difficult to break into. And now that I'm there, I feel like I'm in this rarefied group of, of truly talented people. Um, they are remarkable individuals. Yeah, I think it takes too much talent for someone like me, but it, it would be pretty cool. But anyway, all right. You know, on this show right now, we're discussing receiving mail from people who are not exactly enamored with, say, me. I hesitate to call it hate mail, but my question is, do you have any tips for dealing with, say, bad reviews? I know you haven't had any, but have you must have worked with people that have gotten some. Oh, no, I think I've gotten bad reviews. I, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but I'm sure. I mean, everybody's not going to like everything. I mean, you can't, you can't appeal to all the people all the time. Um, you know, you just have to keep your head down and and uh, and do what you think is best. Um, you know, you, you can't try to anticipate what an audience or any individual will want because tastes vary so incredibly wildly and widely. So um, I always just tried to do. Um, you know, when I first started my career, I tried to anticipate what people would like, but but now I'm like, you know, you just you just do your thing, um, and people will like it. Some people won't. You know. Um, Sometimes I, I get hate on uh, Twitter or whatever, but uh, yeah. don't engage. Don't you know? Um, you're, you're giving too much credence if you if you uh, if you listen to the critics. Well, thank you for that. I just wrote everything you said down. All right, uh, Spud. Yes. I, if I may interject here, what Dietrich just said is spot on advice on how to deal with negative reactions from others. But in your case, you're somewhat unique. Most people in show business have at least some positive reviews or feedback that, you know, they can go to for emotional support to help them stay positive. I'm not aware of any good reviews or positive response you've ever received. I mean, at least since I've been doing the show with you. Uh, hey, Dietrich, I need a moment here. That is so not true. Not everyone hates me. Well, well, first of all, I have my family. Okay, yeah. besides my Aunt Dorothy, I only have one other living relative at this point, my, my sister, and yeah, yeah, she continues to ghost me, but uh, I do appreciate the love for my aunt. You know, here's, she digs what I do. It really helps me to know that. Oh, I do try to support whatever you do, as you're my only nephew, Thank but you. Spud, Spud, I cannot lie on the air. Saying I dig what you do is not a truthful statement. I tolerate you and will continue to be there for you. It's... It's the right thing to do. I could never turn my back on a blood relative. Yeah, fair enough. But let me get back to Dietrich. Okay, I'm back. 
Cool. Well, last question. <laughs> now, Dietrich, I don't know if, if music is an important part of your life, but let me ask you, is, is there one artist that's meant a lot to you over the years? Anyone that stands out? I have so many, I rotate my favorites from week to week, but how about you? Well, it depends on your musical taste, but, um, you know, as far as rock and roll is concerned, I, I do love Luna, uh, the band Luna. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. My, yeah. my friend is the uh, lead guitarist, and we used to be roommates, and so I, I like to listen to that an awful lot. But I do, uh, I do like jazz, um, and I would think the person that kind of um, bridged it for me um, was Charles Mingus, oh. uh, the bass player uh, from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, I think yeah. he died in the 80s, but... Uh, um, so for me, that was very cool. If you if you look back into his uh, into his lexicon, you can find some really great music. Um, uh, you know, I loved all his changes, and the, his approach to jazz was um, both uh, respectful and new. And so uh, I think he was really cool. But so I'm super into jazz. Uh, um, a lot of jazz artists um, I, I I love desperately. Louis from everybody from Louis Armstrong to Ornette Coleman. You know, so I like ah. the whole spectrum. Super. But music is a, is a beautiful sacred language, and um, I just love participating in it by listening to it. You know, I think it's uh, it's gorgeous. All right, well stated. All right, well let me say again that your show American Housewife is back and airing on Wednesday nights at nine thirty, eight thirty Central. Thanks a whole bunch for coming back on our show because we like you. You're a good guest. Oh, sweet. Thanks. All right. Thanks for having me, bud. Absolutely, Mr. Diedrich Bader. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is a Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Please welcome back to our show musical guest Christy McWilson and her band. Yeah, it's only been like 20 years since you were last on my TV show. I, I guess we lost each other's phone numbers. Thank God I, I found it. Anyway, so welcome back and please introduce everyone, including yourself. I'm Christy McWilson and to the left is my drummer, everybody's drummer, Blackie. He's got one name and one name only and behind him is Mark Noterman, our guitar player, and behind... Me on the other side, it's Walter, Walter Singelman playing um, bass, Mark Noterman, Blackie, and Walter. Super. So, Christy, what's been happening in the last couple decades? <laughs> well, a lot of things have happened. I still play with the Pickets now and then, and I did a couple records with Dave Alvin, and I did mm -hmm. a record with, I can still call them records, so you can see how old we are if I'm still calling them records. I do, I, too. I know. Um, I've made many CDs, which are available on my website, and that's, I don't even know what the name of it is, but... Throw out the website name, please. I know, I can't advertise for myself. Screw All right, I'll, <laughs> we'll try to deal with that later. All right, so what's your take on the state of the music industry these days, though? I mean, you've, 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 you know, you've been in the business for a while. It's really bizarre. I teach songwriting, and I've done that for a long time, and now everything is all uh, on the computer, and it's all electric, and it's all... Um, what's the word I want to use? Digital. And it's all yeah. these things that I don't get. So it's really different. And everybody's a musician. It's kind of cool, but it's kind of not my... I realize how old I am. That's all. Well, Sadly. All right. 
Okay. Hey, well, off the record, has collusion ever been an issue in the band? No collusion. What's collusion? I just wonder. I, I don't know. It's. It's. I just. I just know it's really popular. I don't know anyone myself who's ever colluded, but. I. I don't know. It sounds kind of dangerous. Collusion. Yeah. I don't. Know. I hear it's a crime, but anyway. <laughs> um. Well, what's the name of the next song, and what's it about? Um. It's called "The Hair of the Dog Is a Man's Best Friend," and it's about. It's a true story. It's about somebody I know that drinks more alcohol than I do. Oh, all right. So that's the name. Let's do it. Goodman Radio Show. What's up, y'all? This is Cedric the Entertainer, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, yeah. I holler.
Before we sign off here, do you want to read out loud some more emails, Spud? Uh, I've got a bunch still. I've read enough of them. You know, if someone hates my guts, I would rather speak to them ear to ear yeah. on the phone rather than read some words on a printed out email. Someone hit the phone in plug. We can get somebody maybe to call. Attention, Attention listeners. listeners! Get on the phone and call the Spud Two five three two four two three zero five four. Call the spotlight. Call it. Okay. Well, I mean, we don't we don't have any callers on the line yet. So, yeah, I, I know, uh, I know. do you want me to read another email or two until someone calls in? Um, maybe I should be the person to look through the stack and pick one which is just a bit kinder. I think you might be near your breaking point, Spud. Well, as I can sense a psychotic no. break coming on. Well, I'm fine, Aunt Dorothy. I'm taking my meds now, and, and oh, words, you know, cannot cause permanent damage. I don't know. You know, I'm sure it hurts, you know, people. Well, it hurts me when people say you suck. Um, <laughs> um, you suck! But, but, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. That's what my therapist has been working with me on. Another, another area. So... Give me another one of those emails. I'll read the last one. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. Here's one. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, Spud. I've heard your radio show a few times over the last couple of years. I have to say you have pretty good guests, and the bands are usually decent. But why do you act like such a jerk on the show? My girlfriend asked me why I listen to it, and I will be honest, I don't have an answer. I can't figure out why I sort of like the show. I will say this, it's not because of you, that's for sure. Oh. Uh, whatever. Um, I do like your Aunt Donna, though. She <laughs> is pretty funny. Uh, wow. Give her more airtime if you're smart. Yep. Uh, thanks. Kevin Magnuson, San Diego, I believe. Yes, San Diego. You know, that, that wasn't too bad. He sort of likes you, Spud. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He sounded like a pretty smart guy, if you ask me. Fair and balanced. It's who we are. Whatever, Aunt Donna. Stop um, it. Hey, hey Gerald, uh, check and see if we have a caller now. Uh, I bet we got one now, don't we? Uh, actually, yes, we well, do have a caller. Uh, should I put it through? What? What? Yeah. I uh, said put through a caller. Jeez. C caller, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, so, can I ask you why nobody likes you? I'm just curious. Um, so, uh, who are you and where are you from, first of all? Well, I mean, do I have to give my name? Well, no, but with our ratings, I wouldn't uh, be real worried about being mobbed at the mall if, yeah. if you do disclose who you are. I'm going to beat the holy hell out of one of you. Uh, well, all right. Let's stick with Caller in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah, oh, okay, right. hey, I have an uncle who lives in St. Okay. Petersburg. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you actually know him, look, he, but he's he a really nice guy. talk about your own uncle on your time, okay? Uh, so, caller, right. what is the first word that comes to mind when you think of this show? Now, I don't need a monologue if you hate me or the show. Just keep it simple, like one word. One word. Hmm. Uh, one word? Yeah, one well, word. Well, I don't know. How, how about annoying? Yes! God, I, that's that same word people... Anyway... Well, me or the whole show? Well, I mean, it's mostly you. Uh, you know, on the bright side, caller, that must mean you find the rest of us on the show to be entertaining? <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. I mean, the lady who's the laugher is pretty good, but, well, I mean, you're the co-host, right? 
Yes, I serve as the co-host on the show. I am an integral component, and if you're a regular listener, you know what I bring to the table. Would you be where you are had there not been a sex tape? No. Uh, you know, I don't know. Co-hosts are as relevant as typewriters. You're an expendable part of the show. No one tunes into a show for the co-host. <laughs> right? I- I've been saying this since our executive producer put Whoa. him in this position. You know, you should take a lesson from that Roseanne show. I mean, look at her ratings. Would it kill you to say Trump's a cool guy? It's paying off for her. I mean, 18 million viewers, that's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you, caller. I mentioned this to Spud right before we went on the air. Roseanne's love of our president? It's refreshing to see on TV. Oh, Refre- brother. Refreshing. That's, that's one way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, okay, look, I'm no expert on radio shows, but it seems to me your executive producer's a dummy. I, uh, what I do like about right. your show are your musical guests. That's why I tune in. So, you know, more music, less you. Like the band on this show, Christy McWilson is awesome. Most yeah, of the time I, I turn that. down the volume when you're talking and crank it up when the music starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can accept that. You know, at least you're, you know, still tuned in. I, I don't think, you know, those ratings companies, uh, I don't know what they're called again, but um, I don't think they care if the volume's turned up or not. So yeah. thank you for sort of listening. Yes, yes. My favorite part of the show are the musical guests, too, except the really, really mellow ones. I like to rock, you know? Okay, hey, man, I appreciate you calling in as, as I needed some positive feedback before I wrap the show up. Well, I, I don't think I said anything exactly positive, especially about you. I mean, most people say you're well, kind of a dick. Did, but, uh, Everybody knows that, but you aren't as bad as, say, well, I don't know, like Ryan Seacrest or maybe Alex Jones. They are complete pathetic maggots! All right, thank you, I guess. I, I got to go now, but thanks for calling in. Yeah, oh, hey, 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 I didn't mention that uh, I'm in a band. Actually, I'm a solo act, but I have all the backing parts on a oh. thumb drive. I'm kind of a cross between, I don't know, like Limp Biscuit and uh, Justin Timberlake. Sounds weird, but it yeah, works. Yeah. I'm planning to visit Seattle this summer, and I'm going to stay with a friend. Is there any chance at all I could be a musical guest on the show? Um, no, uh, probably not. Uh, I got to go. Bye. Hey, you know what? I don't mind Justin Timberlake. I'm not sure who the Limp Biscuits are. Maybe you should ask him to send you a CD or something. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm with you, Aunt Dorothy. Let's end this thing now. I am Spud Goodman, be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Christy McWilson.
Copyright 2018, Spud Goodman Productions.